Masvidal, it's always a privilege playing with you. Um, I really appreciate it. It's such a gift to be able to do it together. Mm -hmm. So you never want to take it for granted. So thank you so much for, for helping. Love you so much. And then you two. Thank you for having me, having us here and giving me the opportunity to share. So um, it is such a privilege. Can we just pray over them before we start? Um, just over you guys, the church, over all of you. But um, may, may this time of rest be a good time of rest for you. But I also pray that the coming year will be extraordinary for Redemption Church. That God will set you up like he's done already for some amazing things and amazing people to join you. And just to walk what God has called you to walk in. And it is such a privilege to call you friends, number one. But also just to share in this dream with you guys. You guys are special um, to us so much. I need you guys to know that. And everybody here to know that as well. But yeah, you guys are so special. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Jay and Kathy and the kids. And Lord, we lift them up. We thank you that by faith they've chosen to step out. And do what you have called them to do, Lord God, with all uncertainties, with how do we do this, where do we go, Lord God, but just trusting in you, putting their faith out there and saying, Lord God, lead us. We know it's the time, lead us to do this. Lord, from picking the name of the church to where it needs to be, with everything that's happening, Lord God, I thank you that we can see the fruits of it already. And Lord God, we speak life, life into redemption to church. This coming week and for, for, for years to come in Jesus' name. Mm. Just the flow of the Holy Spirit to always be present, to always fill the atmosphere, mm. Lord God. Mm. I pray that love, people will find love here. Mm. It'll be a place of refuge and acceptance. I, I pray that broken people will be made whole here mm. yeah. in Jesus' name. And people without cause or purpose will find purpose here. Mm. And live out their lives as, as you have called them to do that. I pray for these two people. May you lead them in wisdom. Lord God, will you give them knowledge beyond their years. And may they know that they are loved dearly. And Lord God, that they're not walking alone. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So great things are expected. Great things. Um, I'm going to fall straight into it. I just want to get my phone. I do have a long wind. So I want to... Try and cap myself. That's why I'm going for my, for my phone. And that's why my wife is here to, to point. Um, but I do want to stick to that. I want to honor your time as well. But um, I, I want to start with a... Um, let me just do this. And I know I'm good. Um... The scripture you read this morning is exactly where I start this morning. So it shows you how good God is. And he, when, there's a, when there's an appointed time to share around something, God just he maneuvers things in a way that only He can. And when He knits it together, it's, just, it's beautiful. So I, I want to start there with Hebrews 11, where it says, It is without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's the crux of it. If you do not have faith, you cannot please God. And that sounds like, a, okay, that's a doable statement. I just need to have faith and then I'm pleasing unto God. But if you go read the rest of Hebrews 11, he speaks. It, it becomes, everybody loves to refer to it as the faith chapter. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. We talk about these men of faith. Abraham, it took his son to be... And, and to offer him up as a sacrifice. I mean, who of us would have faith to take our child and to go offer? I mean, when, when we refer to these men of faith, these people that have walked before us, faith takes on a new dimension. And um, so that's why I want to start today is Hebrews 11. Just without faith. It is impossible to please God. And this is something in my walk with God that I've often had to ask, what is that faith that God is speaking to? He refers to in Galatians, there's a gift of faith. Is it that? Is it the gift of faith that does this for you? What, what is the faith that pleases God? Is it me 
believing daily, saying thank you. What is it? Um, and there's so many facets, and I'm just going to touch on one or two today because you can literally break, break it open in so many ways. But I just want to share with you my walk and what God has shared with me, with us going through certain things that we've gone through. So I want to take you back about seven years, seven years back. Hanika and I, with her father and, and mother-in-law, my mother-in-law uh, uh, and her mom and dad, we led a church, a Rama church down in Funabal Park. And um, long story short, we got a word from God, all of us as a family with her, uh, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, to go plant in America. And um, people have made contact with us. They wanted us to come over and then work via America back into Africa. We were... We were all excited about it. We got the word. We believed that this is it. Um, when I say we all got the same word, I literally mean the same word out of the same book of the Bible, scripture-wise, all three families. We went, we, we fasted, we prayed, and we all got the same scripture without talking to each other. So we were fully convinced that this is God. It did not work out. The person that, that set up the thing for us to come... Um, was diagnosed with um, throat cancer and literally six weeks later passed away. It was very aggressive. And everything that we planned, we've left the church, we've done everything, fell apart. We literally lost everything in the process. At a place where all three of us as a family lived in a small townhouse, uh, my kids sleeping with us in the same room, um, it got to such a point. And there was one day I remember. And um, as I'm sharing this, I do want to sh- say this. God is good. And you're going to see God is good. But sometimes God allows us to get to a point because we have asked things and we have, we have been expecting of God and being used by God um, that certain things happen. But He's in the midst of all of it. But there's certain things that you need to... F- figure out in your life that God wants to sort out in your life. There was a Friday afternoon, we went to, to the shops, we had 22 rand on us, and we had to feed all of us. Um, it was a really, really low point in my life. That evening I went into the garage, so the garage that we had, you could walk in, you could close the door, and nobody could see you because I did not want to see my kids see me crying and just completely lose it, um, asking God, begging God, where are you? You gave us word. You said you are going to do this. What is going on? How is it that I can be left with 22 rand and I've got to support my family? What, what needs to happen? In, at that stage, I've gone for 33 interviews with different companies, but because I was a pastor, they said, you've been out of business too long. There is no space for you. So, very, very low point. Her father came in and we cried together. <laughs> Men crying together in a garage. But it was such a low point. And this scripture came up. Um, Hebrews 11. Where it just speaks about, without faith it's impossible to please God. And we looked each other in the eye and said, well, we know this one thing. We don't know the answer. We don't know where to go. We don't know what it's going to look like. I've got to go out here and I've got to be strong for my family. We don't know what that (coughs) will look like. But faith pleases God. Lord, show us. Help us to show that faith that pleases you. And that's where the journey of of all of this has started. So a, 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 a few months ago, I was listening to a sermon God just popped something into my spirit concerning this. And this is what I want to share with you today. So in Mark 4, I'll just recap. But if you want to go there, you're welcome to go there. I'm going to start there, Mark 4, verse 33. So I'm going to read quite a lot of scripture, but then just unfold it and and open it up to you. So we start off with Jesus has just taught on parables to a bunch of people just sharing what the word is and what it is to know him and to believe and all of these things and then he gets onto a boat okay and he's obviously tired 
I'm going to start reading that. You know, you know most of this. Um, I might highlight certain things to you, but please add what you've got in your spirit as well and let God just open up the story to you um, as only He can. Verse 35 from uh, Mark 4 says, On the same day, when evening had come, He said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. So that's key. Let us cross over to the other side. Whenever Christ spoke and He gave something, He was in a place where he needed to teach the disciples about faith, about what faith is, about what believing is. And so there's a crossing over from what you know to where God wants you, what, what is real in the Spirit. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in his boat and, uh, as he was, and other little boats were also with him. So it was not just their boat, there were other boats with him. Um, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, asleep, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then it goes on, verse 40. But he said to them, Why? These two questions are what we're going to answer this morning. Why are you so fearful? Number one, Jesus speaks about fear. Number two, how is it that you have no faith? So obviously, Jesus is trying to highlight, I'm going to look up and down, sorry, I don't have it. But fear is the enemy of faith. And Christ is highlighting it here. He, Jesus first points out to them, why are you acting in fear? Why is your response fear and not faith? And wherever fear is at the center, faith is lacking. You will often find when, when thoughts are in fear, when we approach stuff with fear, faith is on the back burner. Faith is not there. So faith is the enemy. Our fear is the enemy of faith. And this is what Christ is highlighting to them. Um, I love it that Jesus rebukes the wind. A lot of people, I want to make a point and leave it there with you. Will Christ rebuke something that is from him? No. Wind and the storm was not from, from God. It was not from Him. He rebuked it. The enemy knew what he was doing, where he was going, that the crossing over was going to do something amazing for the guys in the boat with him. And he wanted to stop them. And that's why he, he compelled them to act in fear. And that's why Christ foresaw, foreseen um, what was happening. And He stopped them. Right there and then. And he spoke to the fear and he asked, why, why so fearful? Where is the faith? So as we continue in this portion that you know, you'll see that there's a portion where he's taught the people, but he's now literally teaching his disciples. He's having them walk with him, experiencing faith with him, and how to go about it by the, the, the following events that take place. Sorry, I just want to make sure I don't miss something. But um, as, as we go to Mark 5, I'm going to read the first part and then give you background. It, it starts off, um, Then he came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the uh, Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately, I love that, immediately there, he met, uh, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. I want you to take note of this. The moment you bring Christ, the moment you bring the presence of God into your situation, the enemy takes note. Because it says here, immediately, the unclean spirit took note. He came rushing to Jesus. The thing is, when we're facing something, our first port of call should be, where is Christ in this? Where's the word? What am I doing? That should be my first protocol. Because when I do that, I establish God's authority in the situation. Immediately, the word says, he took note of him. 
How much more us who believe? It says they with, uh, met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone um, tame him. Verse 5. And, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. So we know the story. This, this man who has been... Being tormented, which we're going to read now, for years with, with, with a legion of demons, is running towards Jesus. And he meets up with him. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. I want to stop there for a moment. This man comes, and, and it says there's, there's about 2,000 demons in this man. That's what a legion refers to. And he's just falling in front of God. 2,000 demons just falling in front of Christ. You, you need to realize his disciples are with him. They are seeing. Because when they finish on the boat, and he's spoken to it, and he's asked that question, they say, Fearfully, Who is this man that even the wind and the sea, they, they stop when he speaks. Who is he? He gets off the boat to show them who he is. And what a better way to show who you are than the enemy, your enemy revealing who you are. And not just one, not just two, two thousand of them, a legion that is in this man reveals you are Christ, you are Jesus. Please, what are you doing here? Do not torment me. What a way to let, your, let the people that you're going to share your life with know who you are. And the authority and the power that you carry from heaven. What a way to do it. Just another point that, that God shared with me here. I've got it that quicker. Um, but they say torment. When we speak about Jesus, we speak about love. We speak about being embraced. In a way that you cannot imagine. What the enemy sees as torment, we see as love, as an, as an embrace. We get to be with him. What a, what a difference of worlds. What a difference. Um, I want to continue. So he speaks to the legion. Um, he goes on. The legion actually asks him, um, we do not want to depart from this area. But we know if you cast us into the depths of the sea, we won't be able to return. Can we go into the swine? Can we go into the pigs? And I love what, what the word says. Christ gave them permission. They, the enemy needs Christ's permission to do what needs to be done. They cannot just do. The moment we bring God into the, into the uh, situation, the enemy needs permission. He cannot just do what he does. If we speak with authority and we bring the word into action and we release it by faith, the enemy needs permission. And who's going to grant him permission to do what he needs to do? Not God. But we need to know who we are in Christ so that we can speak with that authority. And we will not give him permission to torment, to, to keep putting sickness on us. To keep putting lack in front of us. No, we won't. We have to stand up by the word of God and speak it by faith. And then trust that it will come to pass. And then fight until it comes to pass. And then celebrate when it comes to pass. It is a journey. It's not just a 100 meter dash. It is a marathon that you keep running day by day. We put faith out there. Not just once, not just twice. But for everything that we do. Everything we believe. And we refuse the enemy permission. We refuse him permission. The power is with us. We rebuke by the power of Jesus Christ. I wanna, I'm going to skip a part here and then go into Mark 5. Um, 
further on uh, verse 21 I'm going to try and cooperate so this is the part that really where God started speaking to me about what faith is so I want to go slow here because this is the crux of it all um now when Jesus had crossed over again, so he got on the boat again and he was crossing over again. So first his identity was exposed to those that followed him. Even to the enemy, but he used the enemy to, to let them know who, who he was. Then he got into the boat and he went back to where he was with people waiting for him. And it says, now when Jesus had crossed over again, verse 21, by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Verse 23. This is the key. And he begged him earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. He wasn't asking Jesus for permission. He, was, he wasn't saying, well, we've tried everything. Let's try this. He was saying, you come, you lay your hands on her, she will be healed. Now you just need to, let's just track back a little bit here. Jairus, a leader in the synagogue. These were the guys that were against Jesus. These were the guys that at every corner tried to stop Jesus from doing what Jesus needed to do. They were the ones that were bad-mouthing Jesus. Giving him a hard time. Making it difficult. Yet here is a leader from the synagogue. Coming to him and saying, if you lay your hands on my daughter, she will be healed. Do you realize what Jairus put up for offering that day. He was surrendering his place in the synagogue. Because he was making a statement. You guys, we've spoken about it. I've had you at my home. You've done all your stuff. My kid's still sick. Nothing is changing. We've had the doctors there. Nothing's changing. She's getting worse. She's getting worse. But this man that we've spoken about, I've heard the stories. I've heard, I've seen people that were blind that can see now. I've seen people that were lame that are no longer lame. I've tried you guys. I've tried this religion that we have. I've tried it. It, it doesn't work. My child is about to die. I've got no other place to go. All of this is going on. And he realized the moment he lets, he lets the, the emotions and the feelings that's in him take place and he steps out. He's stepping out of his comfort. He will never be able to return. And he steps out. Because his child is more important. The gift that God has given him is more important. It's worth the price. Who does that remind you of? Jesus. You and I are worth the price. That's why he died on the cross. So he steps out in faith and he comes and he falls. I mean... It's one thing to go to him and like, can I speak to you in a corner? And because then they don't see me and you come and do this. He comes straight at Jesus, falls on his feet in front of everybody to see. I surrender everything that I know. I'm choosing you. You can do this. Faith asks us to be bold. Faith sometimes asks us to be open about it and step out and say, I believe. I believe. And you've got people looking at you going, are you nuts? Are you crazy? What are you basing this on? I'm basing it upon God speaking to me. He's calling. I know the voice of God. So here is Jairus and he comes and he speaks in front of everybody. And Jesus is on his way to do something because there's people. He's He's going to teach his, Jesus, the word says, let me, because I can't say it as good as the word says it. So, 
Um, and she will live. Verse 24 says, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Faith puts God in your case. If we move by faith, and if we speak by faith, we get God's attention immediately. And we do not need to beg Him. We don't need to plead with Him. We don't need to go like see me. When we act in faith, Jesus turns and He follows and He goes. I want need you to realize the moment Jairus did that, the, his daughter was already healed. You could not see it in the present, but his daughter was already healed by his faith. There and then, because Jesus, Jesus followed. Jesus would not follow if it would not be so. Jesus follows faith. Jesus moves by faith. This is what pleases God. is when we speak in faith and we act in faith. Because that means we've got the whole army of God and Christ Jesus himself behind us, in front of us, next to us, walking as we're walking. And we will never be alone. Psalm uh, 91 says, Though 10,000 fall at my left and uh, 100,000 on my right, nothing, no harm will come. As we will see these things, but no harm will come to us. By faith. By faith. Um, I want to make sure I'm not missing something. Faith makes God take note, uh, uh, takes, uh, makes God take note of you, where you are. Um, faith is immediate. It changes immediate the situation. He comes and he moves in you. There's an immediate change. And sometimes you see it and you experience it immediately. Healing. You experience it. Sometimes there's a walk with that faith. But the moment you receive it is that moment that's that imparting. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and He anoints, it's there. It's imparted into you. That's where the healing takes place. The battle still needs to come, but that's where the healing takes place. Um... I want to go ahead and read. So Jesus, Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman, we know this, I love this, had a flow of blood for 12 years. I want you to remember 12. I'm going to finish with that. Remember 12. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now, background before we go, go into that. Here's this woman for 12 years having the issue of blood. She has been pronged, syringes, whatever you want to know, from whatever doctor there is. She's gone through it. She spent all her money and the word of God says she's actually growing worse. Um, the New King James, when it, is, it speaks here, it, it's a noteworthy to take that her illness made her ceremonially unclean and disqualified her for mixing with crowds of people. So she was not allowed where there were people. The, the penalty those days for some of these things is to get stoned. They would literally dig a hole. And the person would be thrown into that hole. And then the synagogue, whoever, would stand around because you've broken the law. This is the punishment and you would get stoned. Others would be cast out to live outside the walls of the city. Man-made things. Man-made things. Um, because she was not noteworthy in and amongst them all. So here she is, knowing that if she goes up, and I can see her standing between two walls. If you go to Jerusalem, I've not, not been there, but if you look at the walls, you're standing there, it's very narrow between the homes, and she's standing there, and there's a bunch of people here, and there's Jesus, and she's heard about this Jesus, and she knows she cannot. For 12 years it's been torment, she's been battling. She cannot do this anymore. She's got no money left. She has no life. She can't see her family. It's just not worth it. She's going to step out in faith and push through 
this multitude of people to get to Jesus because if I can only touch Jesus, I will be healed. What faith? If I can only touch Jesus, He doesn't even need to recognize me, acknowledge me, speak to me, lay His hands up. He doesn't need to do anything. And I want you to understand, her pushing through the people was extremely sore. Her body was bruised. Her body was sore. She was pushing through. The, the Word of God says and they, uh, Jesus was strong. There was people everywhere. You see the disciples just keeping people away from Him because it's a struggle to move. In the meantime, in the midst of all of this, Jairus is there. He's got the attention of Christ and he wants to get to his home and the people are delaying delaying what he needs to happen. He doesn't know how long his daughter has. He knows if this man gets there, she'll be healed. All of this is going on. And Jesus is just moving. Because Jesus is never late. If you move by faith, God will move at the right time for you and for me. He pushes through and she touches the hem of his garment. And instantly it says, it says she felt in her that she's healed. And I can see her just on her knees crying, just out of joy, out of such relief. The pain is gone. It's, Christ healed me. Jesus stops. Now, this must be very irritating to Jairus because I, I'm needing you to get there. We're needing to get there. You're stopping. And Jesus asks and says, Who touched me? Faith causes the power of God to be released. Her faith in touching the hem of His garment released the power that healed her. Faith releases the power of God in our lives. To move, to heal, to restore, to make whole. Um, she speaks to, to Christ and she says, it's me. And He says, my daughter... Peace be with you. You are well. Go. All of this is happening. Now Jairus, why, why is Christ doing this? He wants her to openly confess to what has just happened. So that the people can see what faith is. So that his disciples can see what faith is. Guys, you were with me on the boat. But in fearful manner you spoke and nothing happened. Yet here she is. Putting everything on the line. Look at the reward of faith. Now Jairus is, I can promise you, if it was me as a dad with two girls, my one is 12 years old now, so I know exactly where, where he is. If this happened in front of me, I would, be, I would be uncontainable. Because guess what? My daughter's going to be healed. There is no way she's not going to be healed. Because this man I went to, I spoke to, I asked to, I believe will do it. Just, just healed somebody. And he did not even lay hands on her. She came and she touched his garment. The power was revealed. Uh, she was healed. It is going to happen. But now he's anxious. He's wanting, wanting Jesus to get there. I want to I wanna stop here for a moment and, and, and leave this question with you. Have you ever stepped out in faith? Knowing and having scripture, knowing that this is what God's going to do for you. And as you start walking, you start seeing, ah, what I trusted God for, God's doing for Kathy. It's wonderful. God is real. He's doing, ah, and he starts doing it for this one. And he starts doing it for that one. And he starts doing it for this one. And you are grateful and you're excited because you know what you believe it will come to. But it's not you. It's not you. And you're in the midst of this. His daughter is on death's bed. And he sees it. I can just imagine the anxiousness to get him to her as, as soon as possible. But sometimes we need to grow through things. And God wants us to celebrate with the body when he does what he does. But he knows what he needs to do for you. And he knows your faith. But what you are walking out is different to someone else. And it might need a little bit of time. It might need a little bit of 
fine-tuning or sorting certain things out for Him to do it. Because at the end of the day, His relationship with you is more important than anything else. But take heart when He does it for someone else. Celebrate with them when He does it for them. Because that is what God wants. In that moment, um, a messenger, I call him the voice. We all know the voice. The voice comes to him from his home and says, Why are you troubling the teacher? Your daughter's passed away. Let the teacher be. Have you ever been in a space where you've been trusting God and trusting and trusting? And you've been seeing it happen for everybody. I was there that night in the garage. That's where I was. And then the voice comes. Have you had that voice just ringing in your ears? It ain't going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. God's forgotten you. This, this whole thing of faith that you... It's not going to happen. You, you, you fall short. You're not worth it. Even things in the world is speaking against what you are standing in faith for. This voice comes. The enemy and says to Jairus, and what must be going through his head? But look at Jesus' response. Immediately again the word says, as Jairus wants to open his mouth and make a declaration, which would probably be negative, which would probably be against what he believed and had faith in, Jesus says, stop. Don't be fearful. Just believe. Do not be fearful. Just believe. He answers the questions that he posed to the disciples. His disciples are there with him. And they hear this message. They see Jairus. They, with compassion, they see Jesus answering him. Do not be fearful. Just believe. And in that moment, Jesus does something. And I want to challenge us as believers to do, to do this, though it might be difficult. He says, as he's walking there, he says to his disciples, and he says to the multitude of people, stay. I will be back, but stay. You cannot go where I'm going. And he says to Peter, James and John, follow me. And he says, Jairus, lead. Sometimes... You face things in life that you cannot have everybody speaking into it because they do not know your heart. They do not know your story. They do not know what is going on. Therefore, you need to gather yourself with people that knows you, that knows your heart and knows the faith that you have put out. Therefore, Jesus pulls those that now understands what faith is. Peter, John and James. They've grasped it. Let's not act in fear. Let's do it by faith. He takes those that in faith will stand in the gap with you. So he starts walking. I actually read this yesterday afternoon after I phoned you. And I've, for some apparent reason, never read it before. But verse 38 says... So, let's 37, and he said, and he permitted no one to follow him. He permitted, meaning, you guys stay, you cannot come. Christ was very, very um, open with this. Except Peter, James, John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. This is Jairus' house, and I'm almost finished. And he saw a tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. Now, a tumult in those days, if somebody passed away, they had a tradition. You pay people, listen to this, you pay people to come and mourn at your home to make it big. To make what has happened big. Isn't that the enemy that comes and makes big when you fail? When you, it feels like you're failing, when you fall short. He comes with wailing and, and screaming and the world just at you. These guys did it to themselves. They would pay people to come and do that. Jesus comes and he says, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? The, the girl is only sleeping. 
And they start ridiculing him. Mocking him. You see, this is why you need people with the same faith. People that believe with you. To be with you when you're in such a situation. So what does Jesus do? He clears it out. Like he cleared out the temple, he clears out that home. And he chases those people away. So that only Peter, John and James is left with Jairus and his wife. Now just something on that as well. Why his wife? Because what God has put together in covenant, there's nothing stronger than that. When a husband and a wife comes together and they're in agreement about something. And they've got word to back it up. And they're doing it together in prayer. There is nothing, nothing on this earth that can stop that from coming to pass. That's why God's a covenant God. The whole world, the whole word is written upon that. He's a covenant God. So he brings them together. And they go up to the room. And he says to her, Talita Kumi. He says, wake up little girl, and she wakes up. And she's healed in that moment. Faith. The journey of faith. Faith that pleases God looks different to everybody. But there's a walk. There's a fight for it. There's a continual um, needing to work at it as we do it. Um, I want to I wanna end off with this. I hope you got something out of this, just faith-wise. Um, that, and I'm sure you can add your stories to it and you can put extra things into there. But the, the key today is faith that pleases God is faith that doesn't give up, that is persistent. That no matter what the world shows or what you go through, God sorts it out. And you fight until the end. Uh, I, I asked you to remember 12 in the beginning where it says the woman had the issue of blood for 12 years. Whenever God speaks about numbers in the word or refers to colors or names, he's very specific with that. So he says 12. If you go look at the Hebrew numbers, 12 represents the government. The government was built on 12, the 12 disciples. It was established. The religion was established on 12. Everything that we know, everything people believe in, the law and all of these things were built on 12. The girl, it says, it finishes the last scripture, says she was 12 years old. You add 12 and 12, it's 24. You go look at the Hebrew numbers, it speaks of Jesus Christ, the chosen one, the saint saviour, the priest who is calling us a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, to stand up and walk in faith and not be caught up in religion, not be caught up in the way the world does it, but to be set free by faith and be the priests of our home. In Jesus' name. I'm on time. But I just I want to leave you with that. Even in that, I want you to realize the intentionality of God through the Word and through everything that He shares. And to encourage you, whatever it is that you are facing right now, or might be facing, and you might be going, I'm, I'm actually in a pretty decent place. I, then it's for what is to come. Because we know the enemy is always busy. If there's somebody that earns his paycheck, it's the enemy. He's always busy. But I want to encourage you to put faith out there. And not to be scared to do it. But to do it forcefully, intentionally. Remind each other. Put it on the wall and say, this is what we trust in God for. I'm going to leave you with a testimony. And then we will have communion together if that is fine with you. Our eldest, we went through all of this. We shared a room for six, seven years. The four of us in one room. They never complain. They never, never complain. If I cry a bit, you must please excuse me. But it got to a place where I, God was good for me and He spoke and He gave me word two years ago. And I went and spoke to somebody and miraculously God opened up a new avenue of work for me that opened up the possibility 
to move into a proper home which we've never had um, and actually be family. So we started sharing it with the girls and we taught the girls like her mom and dad taught her. You trust in God for something. Go find a scripture. Write it down on a piece of paper. Put it on your bedroom wall. And you pray for it once. And every time you see it, you either lay your hands on it or you recognize and you say, God, I thank you. I thank you that this is done. I might not see it now, but this is done. I thank you that our faith will not return to us void, but it will accomplish all it sets out to accomplish. My daughter prays, she says, Lord, my help is a good year. says, my, Lord, I want a home. I want my own room. I want dogs. And I want grass to run. Does it put the scripture down? Puts it against the door. And it can are looking at each other and say, Oh Lord, <laughs> the faith of a child, we need to believe. But there's changes and you don't know what it's going to look like. The next day, the next day, somebody phones me that we know and says, You know what? I've been looking after a home in Kensington. It's big. Um, it might be too big for you, but. The guy's left. He's gone to Singapore. You're staying there. Um, but I'm tired of going there every single day. Looking at the place. Making sure it is fine. Don't you guys want to come and take a look? Maybe you're interested. He said, I'll come and take a look. But I, I cannot pay what, what their home will probably be worth paying. 14,000, 15,000 rand a month. We get there. He says, please don't stress about that. Just come and see if you would like Go there, my wife says, take pictures, take pictures. Take pictures of everything. Send it to her. She immediately goes, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. And I said to God, it's great. Let us know how much, but this is what I'm currently paying, um, where I am, and it's like we are already, that's the limit for us. Um, but let us know. He funds back that evening. He says to me, he says, the guy just wants somebody there to take care of the property. He's not sure what he's wanting to do if he wants to continue selling. So he's going to ask you 5,000 rand for this home. And all you need to do is just pay water and electricity about that. It works out to about 8,500 a month. Something that should have cost us 14 or 15,000 rand. And I'm using the numbers just to show you how God is in the detail. We actually ended up saving moving there from where we were. Now my daughter is fully convinced that this thing about faith and prayer works. Because the next day daddy got a call. The following day he went there and we're looking at this and we... And the guy gave us the first two months free. Just move in, just be there. And then we'll do the contract from there. And we signed at least two years. We will not put the rent out. She gets home, she says, well, God, you've done that. Two dogs, I want, but I said to her, let's start with one. Let's just, <laughs> let's do one. Let's start with the dog. It was round about, it was my birthday. It was a Sunday. The next day was my birthday. That week we were moving into the home. It shows you how good God is. He gives you um, the desires of your heart. That Monday, Anika's uncle phones and says, they were at a place where they got a little dog. And there was an extra one. And they really, really felt so sorry for this little Yorkie. They, uh, they just felt they had to take him. And upon taking him, they thought, well, we can't really. We've already got three at home. The one we get, that's four. That's, that's our limit. What do we? It's fun, dear. It's his birthday. Maybe he would like a dog. Now, just to let you know, this Saturday, my daughter prayed. And we believe in tithing. We believe in saying seed. Um, she comes to me. She says, Daddy, this is what I've got. I need you to drive to Uncle Greg, who is the elder at the church where we are. And I need you to sow this seed for the dog. 
Seven rand fifty. Seven rand fifty. Do you get that's a lot? Seven rand fifty. I said, okay, it's fine. I'll go tomorrow. She says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You need to go do it today. I have an unction in my heart. It needs to happen today. Go do it. I go and I give it. Sunday we go to church and they actually speak about, they use her as an example of the faithfulness of giving and tithing. That Monday, her uncle stops there, gives the dog. We get into conversation. Long story short, he says, oh, so just by the way, the dog was 750 rand. She gave the teeth. That is our intentional God. Is when we put our faith out there, we will never be disappointed. It might be a struggle. It might be hard at times. But do not give up. I want to encourage you. Do not give up. And let your children know you're standing in faith. Get them to stand in faith with you. Let them learn from a young age how to move mountains. And let them move the mountains sometimes for you. So that you can see and observe. So I hope you were blessed. I, I, I asked us to do communion. I want to pray for, for Joe especially in his body and, and for healing in his body. But maybe there's something today that you need prayer for. And if, if you, I would love to pray with you. But it, it is your choice. But that is why we've got the communion here together. The communion represents Jesus Christ. It represents his body bruised and battered for us on the cross. The bread that we get to eat is his broken body. 39 times he took lashes on himself. His flesh literally torn from his body. And he could have stopped by, by 6 or 7. He could have said, it's not worth it, it's not worth it. But he was thinking about Kathy, he was thinking about Heinrich, he was thinking about Hanukkah, he was thinking about me, he was thinking about you. And he said, you are so worth it, I will keep going. I will keep going, you are worth it. Every, every beating he took. If you go read up and you didn't go, go read it up, it's just something to take to heart. Today, all sicknesses is covered in 39 groups across the globe. Every sickness you can think of, there's 39 groups of sickness across the globe written up. Jesus died for everything. Even COVID falls into those 39 groups. Everything we face, every sickness in our body, His body was broken and bruised so that we can be healed. The word says in 1 Peter 2 verse 25, by, four, by His stripes we are healed. We're not fighting to get healed. We are healed. We are fighting to keep our healing. By faith. So as we eat the body, and as we drink of the cup, the cup represents His, his blood. We, it's the mercy seat from the Old Testament. Jesus looks upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ. God looks at us and He sees us perfect, without blemish. Perfect. We eat that. We get to cleanse ourselves. We get to be washed. Everything that's still not of God gets to be washed away. So as we partake of the communion, please, let's do that as a celebration of the cross, as a celebration of who He is and what He has done for us. And if you are battling with sickness this morning in your body, it might be minuscule, it might be severe, that's why I'm going to pray for Job. I'm going to lay hands up. I want you to trust with me by faith to, to have the desired end result. I want you to put up your hand if it is you. I won't put you on the spot. But if there is something in your body or somebody that you know that might be going through this. I want you to be as bold to say, pray for me. I might not know you now. I'm going to do a corporate prayer. Just do that. Um, so let's take the bread. Oh, Jesus.
do this. So as we take the bread, Lord Jesus, we celebrate your body. We celebrate what you have done for us on the cross. And we celebrate the victory in our bodies, in our lives, spirit, soul and body. And we declare now that we are healed from the crown of our heads to the very soles of our feet. Every cell, every organ, every function of our body. Healed, restored and renewed in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God. You, you, you bring healing where there isn't yet. Lord God, but you bring it in today. That surety by faith that it is done. So as we eat it, we celebrate it and we thank you for the cross in Jesus' name. Thank you. Now as we drink of the cup, Lord God, I pray for the brokenness in our lives, the fears, the stress, the anxieties that we've got, the places that's not completely surrendered to you. Lord, I pray for the place of loneliness today. As we drink this, may you wash us and cleanse us of that. And may you come fill us to the brim that we will flow over and encourage those around us. But I pray most of all, Lord God, will you make whole that is broken. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Make whole that which is broken. Full the emptiness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus. I want us to pray for Job. If there's any anybody else that if you needing prayer, please. We'd love to pray with you. But right now, we just, we're trusting with Job in his body for what we have a name for now. I'm not even going to pronounce it. I'm going to just make a mess of it. But we know. And God reveals these things through doctors and through things for us so that we can speak to the enemy. I want to remind you, when Jesus was on the boat, he spoke to the storm and he spoke to the sea. He called it by name and said, Peace be still. Joseph, we're speaking to this thing in your body in Jesus' name. And Lord, we are rooted now. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you separated by faith from Joe's body now in Jesus' name. And the struggles that he's gone through, the battles that he has had, the things that he has missed out upon, Lord Jesus. You restore that now in Jesus' name. You give back what the enemy has taken. We uproot you. Whatever's causing it, we speak to you. Dissolve in the mighty name of Jesus. We have authority over you, not in ourselves, but in the cross. We speak with the authority and the righteousness of the cross. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. That healing flows through his body right now. In Jesus' name. Every limb, every muscle, every movement. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. We receive this by faith. Where two or three are gathered in your name. And they ask according to your word. You are in the midst of it. And you will make it come to pass. So Lord God, whatever doubt there might be, we wipe it away. The blood of Jesus Christ wipes doubt away. And by faith, that is what we trust. And that is what we believe. By faith. And we await the testimony. We await the testimony of Joe standing in this church. Speaking and saying, I am healed. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. God is good. And He does good. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Our faith will not return to us void. It will accomplish all that it sets out to accomplish in Jesus' name. enemy will not steal from you 
enemy will, will not be able to trip you up in what God has called you to do in Jesus' name. You will grow from strength to strength and accomplish all that He set out to accomplish for you in Jesus' name. And you will live victorious and your body will be in a place of victory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just as we close, Lord, I thank you for that privilege to share your word, the privilege just to be with you and to open your word. Oh God, I pray the blessing and the covering and the protection of each and every individual here, wherever we go. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 30, uh, 23 verse 7 says, Goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. If you go read the Hebrew, it says, It seeks us out. May your goodness and mercy seek us out over this holiday period, wherever we go. And may it seek us out in such a manner, Lord God, that it's transcended to those around us. Lord, I pray that each one of us will have word of an encouragement, word in season for somebody over December and that we get to share you with them through a hug through a hello through our love you in Jesus name. Lord we give you all the glory and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus